Hi, I'm Andrea Hoffer, the host of Makers and Movers, where we talk to the people behind the manufacturing industry. We learn lessons and explore their journeys. And today I am so excited to meet with Jennifer Reynolds, who is the CEO and founder of Sauce Goddess and one of her spices I am addicted to. So I'm sure we will talk about that some. So welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Andrea. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for, for coming on. So we, you know, we've known each other for a little while, uh, but I would like to hear about your story. How did you get, get into the sauce and spice business? Uh, well, it actually all started with a dare, um, from my friends. Like they threw down a challenge and, um, I, I was making, um, a version of my dad's barbecue sauce here, the sticky sweet one. This is, um, kind of what I grew up with from when I was three or four. He didn't like liquid smoke. So he made his own sauce. And so, um, he was retiring. My parents were retiring and leaving San Diego. And I said, oh my gosh, I've got, I need the recipe. And his first comment was, what recipe? (laughs) (laughs) So we sat down, I got him to use measuring cups for the very first time. And I wrote everything down with a lot of scratches and, you know, plus a quarter cup of ketchup. And, and then I just had to convert it into the way you would actually make the product commercially. um, Once I decided to go into business. Um, But but uh, yeah, my my friends threw down a challenge. That's the that's the nuts and bolts of it. I, otherwise, I probably would have just sat there with this great recipe and done nothing. And they said to me, "Don't get old and wonder what if you'd ever done something with your dad's recipe." Yeah, and I thought, gosh, I don't ever want to wonder what if <laughs> ever about anything. Yeah. I'd rather just jump in and do it, and you know, see what happens, see how it goes, um, as opposed to wondering, gee, I wonder what if. So, so what next? Like you, you got the challenge and you had the recipe, but there had to have been a much larger step to actually make this a company. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was a lot more than that. And it's funny because, um, I, I, I sat down on my cute little Ruby red iMac. If anybody remembers those, um, I sat down on my computer and I put in, uh, you know, gourmet sauce manufacturing. And I kid you not, a website pops up and this is old school websites, you know, the big bright colors and, you know, nothing's, nothing's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's just big blocks of text. And the title bar says, so you want to start your own gourmet sauce company? And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, I do. You can find everything on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, there were all these little squares on there of things that you could click on and it was a link to go somewhere. And one of them was a co-packer. So I use contract packagers still 23 plus years later. Mm. Um, one of them was a person that did nutritional analysis to do your labels for you. Um, and you know, there was, it was just a lot of, a lot of details. There was answers there for me. Um, and it was, it was pretty cool to find them just all in one place with one little click of the mouse. (laughs) Yeah, that that's pretty amazing. And you found From that website, you used everything that it recommended, or did you? Uh, did it take you other I places? With that co- I started with that co-packer, and I started. Um, I started with that nutritional person, and then I moved on from there. I my my background, my um, my college education, and my background was in printing. 
So I already knew printers. I was in the printing business at the time, selling supplies to them. So I, was, I already understood the distribution network, printing, sales, labels, legal repercussions of not doing things right, you know, sort of that kind of thing, because I had that business background. And, um, and that, so I just, uh, I just went for it. Right. And I see behind you, we, we, we got a little snapshot of your, yes. your spices and your sauces. So tell us, you told us what your first sauce was. What, yes. what was your next? What was the journey in creating all these, all these well, different wonderful tastes? These two actually both came out at the same time. So um, sweet and spicy and sticky sweet, these are like sister sauces. This one is totally mild. And this one has a little less sugar and cayenne pepper in there. So they're, they're almost identical except for the heat amount. Um, there's just, uh, just a little more salt in the spicy one, a little more heat and, um, and a little less sugar. And then from there it evolved. I went to the, the big and tangy black pepper sauce, the one with the black label. Um, that was my next one because I thought I needed a steak sauce. So I called it steak sauce, mm. um, which is so funny. That's one of the ones that one has evolved. The label has evolved over the years from one to another, to another. And all of my products has always been vegan. So everybody at these, I would do these vegan and vegetarian events and they would be like, why do you have a steak sauce? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like the only idiot out there with a vegan steak sauce. <laughs> this well, is before there was meatless meat. I was just going to say, now it makes yeah. sense with the meatless meat. Yeah, well, now, it, now it might make sense. Yeah, but back then, no. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, and then uh, Sweet Red Devil came later. Uh, the one with the red label, that's a sweet habanero sauce. That one's just fantastic um, for wings. It's great for dipping pot stickers. Um, it's spicy and it's won five awards for us. Wow. Yeah, yeah, sweet and spicy. One of the originals, that's won three awards. The black pepper sauce has a couple. Our mop sauce, the last and newest sauce here. This is a marinade and mop sauce. This is like for basting, um, for doing using pulled pork and can add ginger and sesame oil and make... Um, like a teriyaki sauce that's low salt, because this is super low sodium, only 55 milligrams. It's like really low for a, oh. for a sauce. Now, I know that there is a lot of culinary experience in your family, whether it's professional or just because they like yeah. to cook. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that may have inspired, besides just your dad's sauce, but inspired you to go into this business? Yeah, you know... Um, um, my mom has always been a, a, a cook. Um, she's a recipe cook. So she breaks out the recipe. She follows the recipe. That's what she does. My dad is the opposite. Um, he's, he was a creative cook. So he would get in the kitchen and, you know, oh, I think this would be good together. And he's, there's several recipes on my website, actually, that are his, that I grew up with. Um, and there's a couple that are my mom's actually. Uh, but, but it's, but I've uh, sauce goddessized them, you know, have added sauce goddess to the mix, of course. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, adding a spice or adding, you know, something else to make them my branded, you know, stuff, but it's, it's interesting because cooking to me, it's such a creative outlet. And I think for a lot of people, it's, um, it's a chore. It's something they don't enjoy. And for me, it's how I'm creative. So I, I enjoy, it's like, it's like a, you know, a painter with a, an empty canvas. 
is me with a refrigerator full of ingredients that I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do with. Just, you know, a drawer full of vegetables, some meat, some condiments in the door, other stuff and a, and a you know, spice cabinet full of spices. And I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to paint. I'm ready to, to, to cook and create something. So it's, it's neat. I like it a lot. It's amazing to me. And it, it, I admire it a lot. I think, you know, you know, I've shared with you that cooking is a chore to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I do love to eat. And I, of yeah. course, love anything that's easy. So putting some of your spices on, because I am vegetarian, on my food really helps. I feel like I'm cooking. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm taking a dish that somebody else made and, and putting my own little signature on it using your your sweet yeah, and, and, and that makes you feel you're creative, right? Yep. I mean, it's, it's, that's the, that's the, the, the neat part of it is everyone, you, you know, can, can own what they're making, what they're eating, um, and be a little bit creative, even if it is just, you know, sprinkling some sweet heat on, you know, your vegetables. Um, it's great. <laughs> and this is the one that I know you love. <laughs> yes. Yes. So tell us a, a little bit about some of the challenges you have faced, I know you are on the shelves of some stores and I'd, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about how that happened and were there challenges getting on those shelves? Cause I've heard it's, sure, it's not sure. very easy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult to get on the shelves. I think the thing is it's, it's difficult and expensive to get on the shelves and it's, it's difficult and expensive to stay on the shelves. Mm. It requires consumer support. Um, you know, so if we don't have sales, I can, I can pay, um, a, a store, you know, a large chain or a natural food chain or something like that. I can pay them $20,000 to get on the shelf. I can give them that value in free product to get on the shelf. And that's not unheard of. So for those of you listening, it is $20,000 is probably getting off cheap actually, yeah. which is insane. Um, but it's, it's part of the way the stores justify the fact that they've got to take something off the shelf. They've got to pay somebody to do all that. They've got to discount what's left on the shelf and, and not make as much on it. Although typically the manufacturers get charged back for whatever discount they do. So go figure their, the justification. But anyway, it's, it's, I know they have expenses related to changing products. And so the manufacturers bear the brunt of a lot of that expenses those expenses. So, wow. um, and but in terms of retailers, just to give you a, like a short list of where we've come. So for any listeners that might be on the West coast, um, we used to be at Henry's and then we were at sunflower market. And if you know anything about those two brands, they were bought out and became part of sprouts farmer's market, which is now a national brand, which as I don't know, I, I last count, I'm going to, I'm going to say 350 stores and I'm probably still going to be wrong. They just seem to be popping up, you know, five stores at a time every, you know, couple months. Yep. They're growing like crazy. Um, yeah. They just opened near me. Yeah. Yeah. It's Two a, stores it's near really, me. It's a really neat natural store chain. And they have um, four of our spice shakers uh, just sitting in front of the meat counter, which is an ideal place for our products to be. Because they sell meatless meat in the in the meat counter also. So if somebody wants to go get, uh, you know, Beyond Burger or whatever, they're going to find that in the in the meat department. 
Great. I suppose in the produce department. <laughs> so what has it been like as a female founder and CEO of, you know, a, a food manufacturing company, essentially. I, I, right. I hear sometimes you see more ma males in this industry. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting. You see more males. Um, you don't see, so in terms of owning the companies, you see more men. Um, in terms of running the companies, creating the products, it's probably 50-50. In terms of at the corporate level buying the products, it's probably 50-50 men and women. There's a lot of female buyers out there um, that are, you know, they're buying for condiments or they're buying for the spice aisle or, you know, whatever it might be. They could be buying for the meat department. Um, matter of fact, I know one <laughs> at Sprouts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um you know, it's, it's, it, it varies across the board, but I, I would say at the, when you, you start talking corporate level of large food companies, it's men, just like corporate America is with other businesses. It's, there's a lot of men. Once you, once you get, you keep going up, um, it's not necessarily a 50, 50 proposition. Um, I will say being a, you know, woman owned brand. We just put the woman owned logo on our products starting a couple years ago. I don't know if you can, can see that. Yeah. But that is, um, it's licensed by, um, WeBank, which is the women's business enterprise national council, and they certify women owned businesses. And, um, one of the interesting, uh, statistics that I found is that, you know, women are buying like more than 85% of the consumer packaged goods in the country. So that's wow. all of the food. It's yeah, we're, we're spending trillions of dollars. So the fact that I've got woman owned on my logo, I'm just challenging all your women, you know, listeners and, and, and viewers, gosh, you know, go out there and take a chance on a woman owned brand. I've done that. I bought some, some stuff at target targets, a huge supporter of women brands, women owned brands. And, um, I bought something that's like a pain, you know, gel thing comes in a little stick like deodorant does. And I took a chance on it. The stuff's great. And I did it because it said it was woman owned. If it's not a good product, I'm not going to buy it again. So, you know, we still have to bring our A game with an excellent product that's worth everybody investing their money in time and time again. Right. But having the woman owned logo gets us that first trial, yeah. which is great. Yeah. My company, uh, Hot Talent Experts, we're we're certified by WeBank as yeah. as well. We don't have yeah. a, an actual physical product to put the the logo on, but we do put it on our our website, and it's in yeah. my email signature. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty it, proud of it. Yeah, it's it's um it's a difference maker, um, mm -hmm. and you know I think it's why um, it's one of the reasons why. Whole Foods on the East Coast took our sauces on, you know, I mean, they, they expanded us into three additional regions. So we're in, you know, Midwest and East Coast now, parts of the East Coast, um, you know, and I think part of it was because we're a woman owned brand and we have a great product. So we have to have both. They're going to try it. They're going to taste it, look at the label and say, yes, we'd like this on our shelf. Um, I, I know that's why the product is on the shelf at uh, three Kroger banners. I, it's in Fred Meyer QFC and um, King Supers in Colorado. And I know it's because it's woman owned because the head of diversity shepherded us through the process with the buyer. And, you know, that's, they, they basically said, 
let's support this woman owned brand. Hmm. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. When, when corporate America wants to, wants to give us just a little, a little shove up. Right. Yeah. Um, so tell, tell, tell us about the people you work with. Do you have a team? Do you use a lot of contractors? Yeah. Is there something special you look for in the, in the yeah. people that so, you work with? So our, um, we use contract packagers. We have two of them that manufacture our sauce and we have one that manufactures our spices and our dip mixes. Um, and so it's really as easy as, um, I just issue a PO and they make the product and tell me when it's done and we pick it up. Hmm. Um, so that's pretty, pretty darn simple. And I consider them an extension of my team, but they're their own business and they've got their business to run. Like I've got mine. Um, we also use a, a facility that hires, um, adults with disabilities, and they do a lot of the handwork on our products. So these little tins back here, um, the labels are put on by an adult with disabilities. There's a little, um, there's normally a pouch inside. This is already open. This is my uh, package that I use. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, there's a little pouch inside. There's a recipe card, but they put all the labels on and they, they build our pallets. They ship our UPS out. So it's kind of neat to give back in that way. Yeah. Um, give them a job and something to do and they know what they're doing and they're excited to help out and get a paycheck and all that. So it's neat. Yeah, it's interesting. Where, where are they doing this from? Um, the, the facility I have right now is actually in Missouri. They're in a rural town in Missouri and, um, and the folks come from, I'm not sure how far, I'm not sure how far they get, you know, bust in or if they're all from the immediate area, but you know, they could come in, it could be a, um, you know, that they've got a physical disability, it could be a mental disability, it could be, um, you know, something, something like that. But, but they're just challenged in some way. And the handwork is right up their alley. They love doing it. And it's perfect. And, you know, the labels are on there, they look gorgeous. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm looking for is yeah. someone that can handle that detailed work. And that, that, you know, has the attention to detail. Because, you know, some of the folks with, um, with autism and, and, and they're the very detailed and the idea of putting that label on their straight is just perfect for their skill set. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. It's Amazing. neat. And do you have any other people that you work with regularly? Uh, well, gosh, I've got, um, I have, um, a professional, uh, video editor that I use and I've got someone that helps me with my social media they're professionals. I've got a professional bookkeeper that I use. And then um, I have two people that are uh, part-time employees. One handles order processing. The other one actually is starting August 7th. Um, and she'll be handling order processing, writing SOPs. Uh, and then she's going to actually move into some of the um, writing of uh, things for our website and things like that. She's a English whiz. And so her creative writing skills are, are great. And she will probably enhance that with a little AI. We will have <laughs> Chad helping out. <laughs> That's what we've, uh, we've named, named a chat GPT Chad. Uh, I've heard different names for chat GPT. Another yeah. person I know yeah. uh, calls it Chachi. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we have Chad. So Chad, Chad is our our A team at the first draft. <laughs> and then we take that and, and work with it, you know, and, and fine tune, make sure it's all correct, actually. Yeah. 
interesting. Okay. Yeah. So what else do you want to share with us about your journey, about what's, what's going on next for Sauce Goddess? Well, I've got a couple of ideas. Um, I, I have a lot of ideas all the time, <laughs> but I have a couple of specific ideas that I'd like to work on. And I actually, I don't want to talk about them yet um, because one of them I'm working on, I don't see anything else on the market in the natural space at all. There's only one other product I've seen that's anything like this. And it's, it's not all natural like ours are, you know? Um, I mean, I didn't even mention, but the, the, the thing that makes us really different is there's actually, see if I can hold this up to the camera. If you can see our ingredients list is just this short little list right there. Mm -hmm. so um, there's no xanthan gum. There's no flavorings. There's no colorings. There's it's just food. It's just tomato paste and sugar and water and gluten-free soy sauce with no GMOs. And that's all. There's no anti-caking in here. No flavorings. It's just spices and sugar. That's it. Super simple. Yeah. It's hard I to mean, find that. It's really hard. Even in the, even in the natural segments, if you go to the markets and you'll see organic um, sauces and they're using organic xanthan gum, organic natural flavorings. How do you do it? Maybe not organic natural flavors, natural flavorings. Um, you know, so they're, they're whole foods approved but they're still flavorings. It's still like a 55 gallon tote of something that two drops equals the real thing. And I just don't want to use that. I guess I, I know it's a little weird, but I just feel like I'm going to use the real food. If I want the flavor of, you know, brown sugar in something, I'm going to use brown sugar. If I want the flavor of, you know, um, our sauces actually used to have sherry wine and I used to go to a winery and get wine and pick that up. And it was a pain. It was expensive. It was time consuming. It came in five gallon pails and I just didn't want to substitute. So I took the wine out, took the sherry wine out of the product wow. um, because I didn't want to substitute with a flavoring. It just seemed weird to me that someone in a lab coat somewhere created something that's natural. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to match, you know? Yeah. So uh, how often do you cook? You personally? Um, every day. Every day. Every day. At least, at least one meal is from scratch in a day. Whether I'm creating something for breakfast or, um, you know, it's dinner on tap for tonight is meatloaf. Even though it's a beautiful day outside, uh, I decided to make meatloaf. <laughs> so we've got meatloaf with big and tangy in there the black pepper sauce is delicious with beef and it's going to be our ketchup-y stuff on the top of the meatloaf so anyway okay. yeah but I, I just get creative and it's really super fun and and I and that's not the business side of the business the business side of the business is you know growing and scaling your business and that's that's the tough part um getting people to understand what we do and why we do it and who we do it for. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's the business side. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the more I, I talk to leaders who, who make things, who make things that you eat or make things that you use, there seems to be some sort of artistic inspiration, something behind yeah. it. And that's what, dr that drives them. That's the passion. And then when it comes to the actual business side that you're talking about, well, how do I make money with this? 
how do I get people to understand my story? That's, yeah. that's where the challenge comes in and maybe not the part that you really love, right? It's, it's, it's not the reason right. you, you got right. into it. So but, how, how do you keep yourself motivated? Well, so it's, it's interesting you bring that up because one of the things that I have been doing is I do a lot of cooking videos. I do a lot of recipes. And the reason I do that is I want to help people know what to do with what we make. Um, so they will get some joy out of it. So they'll use more eventually. So they'll buy more, give more to their friends, whatever they want to do with it. Um, but I, I, I like the, I like the creative side of being able to help people and, and be creative on my own with what I'm doing. Like I will probably take pictures of this meatloaf because it might end up being a recipe if it's gorgeous and I'm making it, you know, I'll take a few shots of, you know, the, the veggies on the meat and mixing it up with the eggs and, you know, all that nonsense that involves meatloaf. <laughs> but, but I do that. And then, you know, if it helps somebody make meatloaf sometime, great. If they're just going to do their own thing and, you know, buy meatloaf at the store that's pre-made because they've got so much stuff now that's just ready to go or buy meatloaf mix in, you know, Whole Foods or whatever and put it in a pan and top it with some bacon tangy sauce. It's really good. You know, there's there's, there's stuff you can do like that that, you know, I, I, I can do, give people, you know, ideas. Great. Well, thank you. Well, we're yeah. coming coming to the end of our, our episode here. But if there's one thing that you can leave with us for somebody who may be thinking about launching their own food product or CPG product, what would be one pearl of wisdom you'd love to, to share? Oh. oh my gosh. Do your research. Do your research on the industry. Do your research on the products and have people other than your friends try it out. Find people you don't know to try your product and give you an honest opinion of what it's like because your friends are going to love anything you do because your friends love you and your family is going to love what you do because they love you. And they're, they may or may not be giving you an honest opinion of the product that you hope to launch. And so you need, you need to do your research. And, and um, I, I did some research and I didn't do enough. And there have been stumbling blocks like the, big tangy steak sauce it was the first the first you know iteration of the big and tangy black pepper sauce as it's known now <laughs> you know but but it you know stuff like that happens and um had I done the research a little bit more diligently you know maybe I wouldn't have made quite as many mistakes but you know you learn from everything whether it's you know very yeah. true very true well thank yeah. you Thank you, Jennifer, oh, so much. It's it's been wonderful talking with you, and I, I appreciate you taking the time and yeah, being with yeah, us absolutely. today. So thank yeah, you, thank and you very much. You and, bet. And thank you to everybody who's listening. We appreciate you tuning in, and we hope that you get some pearls of wisdom from our leaders in manufacturing, our makers and movers. They've all had a journey and they're willing to, set, to share it with us. Thank you.